Welcome to the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. This is an extremely sad episode of the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show because we just spent an hour talking to the good guys, Cody and Sam, at the Draft Dummies podcast. They were good enough to come and feature on our podcast and and talk about the this week's upcoming draft and break it down for us and tell us who's overrated, who's underrated and what to look out for. And due to technical difficulties, we have lost their files, their audio files. And so you're going to get a very depressed Nathan in this podcast, uh, JL. <laughs> uh Whatever, whatever could go wrong did go wrong. It just seems to be the uh, the theme of our podcast lately. Oh man! All right. Well, <laughs> I normally say we're ready to go. It's going to be a great show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're sad. We're upset. We just got along swimmingly with two blokes from Seattle and Utah, and we've got no evidence of it. So, oh man. What is, oh, man. What is what, this world? This is unbelievably bad. Uh, well, it's going to be a great show. <laughs> it's going to be it's, a show. <laughs> it's going to be a show. Oh, and I forgot to say our um, our new slogan, JL. Yeah? What do you got? The Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. We're not from New York. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, because so many people, obviously, from America predominantly and Hundred percent. All think that when they see our name, the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show, they think that we're from the Bronx, which is in New York State, and we are not. The Bronx Cheer, or a Bronx Cheer, is a saying, or it's a it's a thing that a crowd does. It's essentially it's a sarcastic cheer. So that's what our show is named after, not the region in uh, New York. So that's our new slogan. We're not from New York. JL. <laughs> I've done much to add there. <laughs> All right, so it's going to be a show. <laughs> it's time for tip off. When he's sticking you and taking all your money. Ladies and gentlemen, please do not, do not throw anything on the board if you enter a player on either team. Decker's going to the surprised by that and and the players are telling him not to be doing that once again welcome to the bronx cheer basketball show as mentioned before the song this is a very dim episode we uh have just lost two very valuable audio files but i'm with a man JL, how's your voice after all that talking and now we're just re-recording again? My voice is uh, a bit on the husky side of things. Um, yeah, an hour of podcasting might have done a bit of damage, but I think it was my four-day camping trip over the weekend. Um, definitely has seen me in better days, but always be, always good to be talking to you. 
let's just go through sort of what the guys told us. You know, we asked them a bit of um, – we asked them about the consensus main players and they told us that basically they think that Lamelo Ball's a bit overrated. They think Anthony Edwards is a bit overrated. James Wiseman is <laughs> overrated. Um, they love uh, – say it for me. Alec, Alex Sedge. <laughs> Alexei Pukovic. Pukovsky. Alexei Pukovsky. And they and they call him Poku. They love him. Um, we also talked about Onyeka Okongwu and they love him. Um, we asked about the Aussie Josh Green and they said that he is decent but not sure what's going to end up happening with him. Then we played a game with our guests, you know, we love to play a game with our guests called Settle This Debate. Uh, all these things that Jack and I always disagree on and we asked them what their side would be. First one was friends, Seinfeld. Uh, Jack is friends. I'm the better the better option in all of these. Um, Seinfeld. <laughs> and they were like, never watch Seinfeld and if I have, it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, boys. Um, and then I find Giannis overrated. Jack loves him. And then they actually sort of went with me on that one. They said playoffs overrated. So they did say Giannis is overrated. Rap music or country music. And they led with, was it Cody that led with, oh, I'm going to be in the minority here, uh, but country music. <laughs> and then Jack is country music. Sam is country music. And then I'm just here <laughs> sitting in the corner, Jack. It's uh, it's good to finally have people that agree with me. It's rare that it happens. And we asked a couple others, but uh, the main one that you'll always hear us ask about is Embiid, build around Embiid and Simmons or Tatum and Brown, and it's obvious Jack Celtics on Philly. And they both said Tatum and Brown, and I couldn't believe that shit. <laughs> that one I couldn't believe. Um. Anyway, great guys, Cody and Sam. Definitely go check out the Draft Dummies podcast wherever you get your podcasts and go check them out on Twitter. If you're listening, Cody and Sam, we are devastated that we lost those files just then and, oh, Lord. So, And we, we are total novices coming into this year's draft, so now we've got no insight for all our listeners. So go check their podcast out. Go subscribe, follow them. And stay here for the depression. <laughs> yeah, a very sad episode. I, I reckon uh, your ability to save files deserves a Bronx cheer. My what? Your ability to save files. Oh, yes. Yep. Bronx cheer, sarcastic cheer to me, saving files. Um, I'm devastated right now. Anyway, there was things that were happening while we were recording with them, JL. There were. And- I was totally unaware. You said that you posted it in like the episode chat and now I've just seen it and we talked about it with the guys afterwards. So as we were recording, tell me what went down. Putting me on the spot here. Um, (laughs) So the first trade I saw, I don't actually know what order they were in, was um, between Houston Rockets and the Portland Trailblazers. So... Houston receives Trevor Ariza, the 2020 first-round pick and the 2021 protected first-round pick, and the Portland Trailblazers uh, receive Robert Covington, which, as it looks like Houston's about to blow everything up, works for them, of course, and Portland, who desperately needed a wing defense to try and, uh, I suppose, <laughs> to limit the damage of having uh, Lillard and McCullum there as your ones and twos. 
definitely helps having uh, Covington on their side. So I think that actually works for both teams. And then the second one was the big trade, which at first was reported Drew Holiday for George Hill and Eric Bledsoe with picks. And everyone thought, geez, the Bucks have absolutely um, – they're just taking the piss with this one. They've, they've, uh, what's the word? They've fleeced, they've fleeced the Pelicans. But then it came out that the the trade also involved three first round picks as well as two pick swaps. So it's essentially five first round picks. That's a big, big haul, and that is the a Pelicans haul. will be licking their lips with that one. It definitely is. So let's just. Before we talk about all the other stuff, let's talk about that. So this is my this is like a live reaction. I'm looking at that. Drew Holiday obviously is an awesome player, but his skill set. You tell me what does what does his skill set change from? How does it differ so much from Eric Bledsoe's? You've got a guy that can actually run an offense. And can actually hit a shot. <laughs> well, no, but hold on. Like, hey, sorry. Playmaking, yes. But in a team that needs to um, surround Giannis with shooters, Bledsoe and Holiday are both similar in terms of their – they're not shooters, shooters. You know what I'm saying? They're not like some Trey Young or Steph Curry or maybe that's not a good example or even just Kemba Walker that if you give Giannis the ball – you can put Kemba Walker out on the perimeter if need be. You can with these two, but they're not iconic shooters. They're not is iconic shooters, no. But you've got Bledsoe that shoots for 34% and you've got Holiday that shoots 35%. So it seems yeah. quite close. However, you watch them shoot and teams leave Bledsoe open because he's not a good shooter. Whereas Holiday shooting contested shots, and that's where it's 35%. Um, the volume is quite different. Um, you know, Holiday's taking two and a half more threes per game. So that's why statistically they they look pretty similar. But you've definitely got a guy that's has the ability to hit shots. Um, Bledsoe as well, most of his shots are open catch and shoots, whereas Holiday's taking more off the dribble. Um, so, yeah, percentages will, will tell you one thing, but the eye test will tell you another. So... Definitely adds more, more shooting, think, better defense, better playmaking. Um, I think as I um, digest this over time, like I can feel it already. So, do you? How do you rate this for the Bucks? And if Holiday is definitely an upgrade, without mm-hmm. a doubt. Um, George Hill didn't really provide much for the Bucks this year. Um, he shoots a three well, but limited minutes, and was obviously injured for quite a lot of the time. Um, the picks, though. So before, while we were podcasting, I sort of had uh, Reddit open, was refreshing, um, which obviously you weren't doing. Um, and there was a report that came out that the Bucks are more and more confident that they're going to get Giannis to sign, sign that five-year deal. So they are expecting Giannis to sign that deal and in doing so would have guaranteed him that they're going to do everything they can to surround him with better players. Um, if he doesn't re-sign with them, they're fucked. Like, there's no other way to put that. They've got no tra- they've got no draft picks for the next five years. Um, so they've put a lot into this deal. You just need to hope, you hope Yana stays and you hope this is just the first part of it. They've obviously got some some other young players that they can try and try and trade. Um, who knows where they go from here, but I think it's definitely the start. 
So, but this is what I'm saying. Like, as I said, more thinking over and over. It just Drew Holiday is an upgrade of Eric Bledsoe. Not worth but, five years in limbo, though. That's right. They've just given three first rounds and two pick swaps for an upgrade of not a perfect fit point guard. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I. Unless unless they sort of know that Giannis is penning the paper um, on Friday when the free agency opens, unless they sort of guaranteed it already, and it's Giannis said I want Drew Holiday and that'll that'll I'll put pen to paper. If he's gonna if he's gonna do the thing where he sits the year, oh sorry, not sits the year. If he waits the year to see if they're really worthy of him re-signing, um. I don't know that this is going to be the difference maker. And as you said, if he doesn't, they've just given away their future. Um, for <laughs> this is crazy. This is a bit of a. This is this is a. I'm going to say this is a stupid trade. They've given up way too much. Definitely. They could have. Yeah, they could have done that same trade with someone else. Kept Bledsoe, who's not terrible. He's pretty Kept- terrible. <laughs> he's not. He's not terrible. Terrible. Oh, oh. Or maybe not kept Bledsoe, but you understand. And you the, know, you- the thing is as well, though, is that Holiday's only got. He's got two years on his contract, but the second year he's got a player option, so it's up to him if he wants to stay on it anyway. Mm. So even if Giannis opts in, there's a chance that Holiday leaves. So this is a this is a, a bad trade. They've gone all in for. Well, they needed to do this. They needed to get Giannis to be like, all right, the Bucks are doing what they can to support me. And this was their only option. They didn't have any other star players that they could try and get. Yeah, but I mean, I and I don't have the list in front of me, but I'm, I would guarantee that I could come up with a better deal than this, basically. A better player than Drew Holiday or a better couple of players to bolster. And if you need to drop some salary, then do whatever you need to do. This is huge. This that is a huge win for the Pelicans for me. Um, definitely, definitely. Because at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, we're gonna see. We're gonna and see. Now, but Kevin O'Connor is also reporting that the Bucks are looking for a sign and trade with the Kings for Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, but the Hawks are also trying to look for him. So, I mean, that'll help. There's there's the shooting that you're after. Um, yeah, that'll help. So. I mean, it's going to be a fun. The next few weeks are going to be fun because a lot. Man, to the Pelicans, out. the Pelicans have absolutely roared them there. That is, that's insane. That deal. But you got to also keep in mind, hypothetically. Well, the way I look at it, I think, geez, that is a big deal. But if everything does work out for the Bucks and and they're going to be, you know, top five team in the league, those draft picks really aren't worth that much for the next five years. That and that's correct, and I'm totally all about that. And you know, we both have teams that are similar circumstances. But pers- yeah, it might just be personally, but I just think it's this is too high of a risk. Uh, again, you talk about under the table stuff, behind closed doors. If they've got pen to paper because of this deal, then fine. But this is such a ho- and he sorry. <laughs> Even pen to paper, the Bucks aren't some golden state for the next five years if Giannis signs. No. They're just another one of the big contenders 
And if this is what I'm saying, if he hasn't guaranteed he's going to sign just because of this deal, um, this is such a big risk mm. for not even a, a dynasty. You know what I'm saying? For <laughs> and when I say big risk, it's not. It doesn't even have that much reward. Yeah. Drew Holiday is a good upgrade on Bledsoe, but Drew Holiday is not um, Luca. You know. Um, God damn. Yeah, he's, that's crazy. He's the uh, the fourth most efficient isolation scorer in the NBA last season, um, mm. with a minimum of two possessions per game. So I think that does help the Bucks that you've got someone that can just go and score the ball. But yeah. I mean, you look at the what they could have had, which was Malcolm Brogdon. And that feels <laughs> that they had that and they got rid of yeah. it. So oh, I, I think know. more and more I'm starting to see the uh Bucks GM and that you know, you start to measure these things and call who's a good GM, who's a bad one. Uh yeah, Brogdon and this isn't very friendly to my eyes. But uh anyway, there's our live reactions to that. That's crazy. That is crazy. Um <laughs> So, also, you said the Houston, so they get Trevor Ariza, which is hilarious. Um, 2020 first round, 2021 first round, and Covington goes to the Blazers. Would you say this is read between the lines for us um, fans and that? This is, this is hard and gone. Hard and gone, 100%. Harden's told Houston he wants to wants to leave. He's forcing his way to the Nets. Whether they can get that trade done or not, I'm not sure, but he won't be playing for Houston this season, I'm sure of it. They've traded so Ariza, I mean I uh what happened before the bubble? I, he didn't anyway, Ariza is not as good as Robert Robert Covington anymore. Um and Robert Covington is the better iteration of that player. <laughs> <laughs> Right now, right as it stands, and they've gone and traded Covington for Ariza, who's just going to be nothing, um, and they've received a couple of first-round picks. They're ready to rebuild. Harden, is he going to end up on the Nets, JL? So that's what the rumors are at the moment, that he's forcing his way to the Nets, but there was other talk about Harden wanting to join Daryl Morey in Philly. Which yeah, I know you'd be happy about. Um, and then the Houston owner, um, Fatita, I believe that's how you say it, um, Tillman Fatita, he's apparently spoken to Harden and tried to talk him out of wanting to go to Philadelphia because he oh. doesn't want him to play for Dale Morey. But was it like maybe this was planned by Morey and Harden all along when he took the job at Philly? Maybe it was like, let's do this here with a better owner, with a better crowd, in a better city, with better young talent around me. Yeah, um, let's let's have a bit of a. I have a feeling we're going to get into a bit of an argument here, JL. Uh, I've I've seen you on like messages and inboxes and stuff that we're part of. Um, hint every now and then. I don't know if it's fishing for me to take the bait, but do you think? What do you think the Sixers could give to get Harden? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> you don't think that Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid are good enough course, in exchange but, for Harden? No, of course they are. But if I was the Sixers, I don't think Simmons himself is good enough to get you know, for Harden, of course. Harden is without a doubt the bear of the two players, despite Ben being quite younger. 
No, um, but you say you say that so like um like it's just the straightforward. I totally disagree. Really? You reckon yep. Ben Simmons is a better player than James Harden? No, no, no. But James Harden is 31 years old and Ben is 24 or whatever it yeah. is. The Rockets are got to they're going to go young now. It's what you do. Yeah. You got to go young. Ben Simmons, call it Eastern Conference all you want, but a uh, little sample size of when Joel Embiid and whatever was off the floor and we had uh, Bellinelli and JJ Redick and um, everyone just surrounding. And like I always say, Ben Simmons is just a less long uh, Giannis. And, yeah, that's basically it. Um, what other available stars, young stars that are real young stars, are out there right now, especially – because Harden is rumored to be only want Sixers or Brooklyn. None of so, for example, do you, you wouldn't say that Lavert is better than Ben Simmons? No, but the trade won't be based around. It'll be based around a player, but it's the draft picks and the salary that's going to be the difference. Oh yes, right. So, so it's, what, I just want it's you what to say have to offer. Pick yeah, play. yeah, yeah. So, but if we had if we had the same amount of draft picks as whatever the Nets have, you got to say that Ben Simmons for James Harden would be done. It would be Ben Simmons and about <laughs> four first-round picks for James Harden. What about Karis LeVert and oh, how many picks? About <laughs> four first-round picks, five pick swaps, a few second-rounders. Oh, and you know, That's good. Yeah, of course. But that's just, that's just me saying that Simmons is a better player than Karis LeVert. That's not me saying that Simmons is good enough to be traded straight up for James Harden. No, not straight up, no. but... Basically, out of all the options out there, um, and uh, okay, then I could lean into even saying that I would think he's one of the best options, even if every one of was available. But that's, I guess, personal opinion. Um, but of, of of the options out there, um, the the Rockets would be absolutely privileged to uh, be able to start a franchise around Ben Simmons and properly surround him with shooters and stuff like that. It's one of the best options you've got in terms of starting a young franchise at the moment. Uh, but anyway, I just want to I just wanted to say that, but then let me just tie a bow on it. The Sixers are nowhere near this race. Um, as you were alluding to, we have nothing other than Ben and Joel to give. Um, and the, there's been some rumors on Sixers Twitter, you know, people trying to get their popularity, bringing up rumors and stuff like that, that we we won't have to trade Ben or Joel to get Harden. And I'm just like, what the hell have we got then? <laughs> what, what are we giving them? <laughs> um, so, yeah, if he's going, which that trade, this Ariza trade with all these first round picks heading Houston's way, it looks like they're going to blow it up. It looks like we're going to see James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving at the Brooklyn Nets as soon as this season. Trade trade Kyrie for Westbrook and uh, bring <laughs> bring back the 2012 Thunder and go for another run. Uh, let me ask you this. All right, so quick one straight out. Championship for that team? Maybe. <laughs> I said this the other day, and I don't know if you saw it. Um, I think a team of Harden, Kyrie, and Durant is less than the sum of its parts. They are 
incredible players in their own right, but I think in terms of matchups and how they're going to mesh together, it wouldn't be like KD going to the Warriors where you've got two incredible shooters at playoff ball and real ball. You know what I mean? Like it's it, yeah. it would work, but they're not going to be working in their most efficient and effective ways. Yeah. So it's, it's whether team, you know, it depends how they they start to come together. And say for an example, Harden doesn't play off ball like he has done for the last eight years in Houston. Then you've got a much easier option. You, know, you can get um, Kyrie's not a good facilitator and teams will scheme to try and nullify those things and push them into areas where they're comfortable. They get that ball out of Harden's hand and just play four on five defense sort of thing. But um, if they manage to keep, I know what you're saying yeah. and you got to like, you know, it's it, you'd be if you, you are, were the, if you were a Nets fan, you'd be optimistic. Yeah, I would just say they've got it. Basically, I know I said that yeah, about you the said Clippers, last, but yeah. but this is different again. This is a big three. Like as good as Kawhi and goddamn shit PG is. Now I say that PG shit. Um, these three, and even if they're all as stagnant as ever. In the playoffs, the tightened minutes and the ISO ball that they could play and Joe Harris running around the screens, if they manage to, yeah, any or even any veterans then they goddamn bring back Kyle Corver, who's 48 years old. <laughs> Just get someone who can't get double teamed and they'll never give them the ball anyway. And when you say teams will target their their not flaws, but they're stubborn ISO crap, mm. the three of them. Okay, you're not going to double KD Kyrie and Harden because there's not enough players. And then if you do leave one-on-one, they can just ISO you every possession and just get the bucket. I know that doesn't sound playoffs um, playoffs applicable. Um, people get tired and stuff like that, but for me, that would be automatic Barring injury, that would be automatic. And the other thing is, you mentioned injury. How does KD return? Because yeah, everyone's talking about how offensively he's as good as ever, you know, in his workouts. But there's a very good chance he loses a step defensively, and we know for a fact that Harden and Kyrie aren't good defenders. So if KD's on the you know the other side of the bell curve now, where he isn't a good defender either, and you've got what Jarrett Allen or the corpse of DeAndre Jordan trying to defend the ring. Mm. I don't know. Jared, Jared Allen's a good player. He's a good player, but he's not a great defender. He he gets his blocks and he's one of those players that are block hungry, but he's not making the right rotations constantly and defending every single possession over and over again. Um, so, yeah, I think obviously they're going to be a top three seed in the East and that's being very conservative. It's probably going to be one or two. But I just don't think it's as damaging as it sounds on paper. Let's move on to some earlier news. It was sort of the first news, I'd say. Um, the OKC also got their coach, forgot his name, <laughs> uh, was uh, was promoted from assistant coach. So that happened. I think everyone has a coach now, which is good. Mark um, Dale Newalt or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Russell Westbrook requested a trade from the Rockets. This started the whole uh, Rockets sort of blow up. Um, and not long after, the Charlotte Hornets emerge as a <laughs> very hungry suitor. No shit for- they are. <laughs> they can't get anyone. 
<laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. And I'm not laughing at them. I'm just laughing at the whole situation. That's hilarious. And he, they deserve each other. The Knicks and Westbrook or the Hornets and Westbrook. Our listeners may know that I am a huge Westbrook hater. I just think that, and this is a good summary. You want to leave James Harden because you want to be the man? You go. You go to the Knicks <laughs> or you go to Charlotte and you rot. God, that was that was brutal. But um, And Charlotte have um, two point guards. They have Scary Terry and Devontae Graham. <laughs> and if he goes to the Knicks, for example, they have... <laughs> RJ, change, what's, what's RJ going to do? You can change Westbrook from a point guard to a power forward, forward which they already have. <laughs> <laughs> because some people might call him a power forward with how bloody just reckless he is as a point guard. Uh, quick thoughts on this, JL. Anything? Joel just laughs. Just laughs at the moment. I think he's just frustrated being in Houston. Didn't like the whole uh, small ball or micro ball, I should say, uh, Maury ball sort of, sort of tactic. He was playing his like the best basketball of his career there for six weeks before yeah. the um before the virus took everything. So I don't know. I think he still can contribute, but it's got to be surrounded by shooters, and that's not going to happen in either New York or Charlotte. So I don't know what's going to happen there. It would have been hilarious if he ended up on the Bucks. Look, look in your mind right now. Look at um uh Westbrook in a dark green Bucks jersey, <laughs> like. On in the paint with Giannis. God, that's hilarious. Who needs shooting? <laughs> All right. So um there was rumors less than a week ago that the Phoenix Suns and the Oklahoma City Thunder were discussing a trade to get Chris Paul to Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And I was I was disgusted. I was like, what? What is this shit? I'm like, why the hell would Phoenix do this crap? Uh Chris Paul is not going to take them to the championship in his two years left of his uh, life. (laughs) Um, And don't get rid of, like, uh, the package I thought that they were going to have to get rid of um, in order to get him. Anyway, the trade happened uh, today. Yeah, today. Um, God, it's been a long day. Um, The trade happened today and... Um, just for memory, the the Suns got Chris Paul and Abdel Nader, which is just an add-on, I guess, <laughs> and and they gave up. The Suns gave up. Um, Lek, <laughs> someone Lek, Jalen, something to two add-on young pieces, I guess. Um, Ricky Rubio Ty and Kelly. Yeah, Ty Jerome. Ty Jerome. What's the Lek one? Jalen Lek. Jalen Leck, um, uh, Ricky Rubio, and it's it's uh, essentially Ka- Ubre and Rubio for Chris Paul. Yeah, yeah, and they also gave a 2022 uh, protected first round pick. Yeah, and look, one first round pick, Rubio, unfortunately, is nothing in, in the way I view these things. Rubio is nothing in this trade, and so are the other two guys. Ubre is the only hurtful one um, to the Suns, I guess, future in a way. Um, so I think they did well. I think they did really well. I thought there would have been tons of calls heading OKC's way for Chris Paul, and I thought that they were going to, you know, um, get 
the biggest, the, not the biggest, but a real good deal for him. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Suns, you know, got in and out pretty well with this um, and convinced Booker to stay for a couple of years. I still don't think it does anything for them. I think that they'll make the playoffs and not do anything there and then Chris Paul will retire. Well, you've got Chris um, Paul's definitely a step up from Rubio, without a doubt. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that'll definitely help uh, Booker's production and his development. Um, and, you know, that's because they're, you know, they play not the same position, but a simple position where Booker will learn from Chris Paul. But I think that one of the most unspoken things is that Book, I mean, Chris Paul's ability to get big men involved is one of the best we've, we've ever seen from a point guard. And that's going to help DeAndre Ayton's development like like you wouldn't believe. So I think it's a, it's a strange trade knowing that Chris Paul is five years older than Ricky Rubio and you're losing Ubre, who's a good young talent. But yeah. I, I suppose that Phoenix has really valued what Chris Paul can bring in and they were willing to do it. Um, and I'm sure they were in talks with Booker and that was what he wanted. So, so like, uh, like for example, the Sixers could use um, – could use Chris Paul or the Lakers could or the Clippers could. Why wouldn't Phoenix, instead of giving up Oubre and a a first-round pick, why couldn't they just channel a third team um, to to get something else, maybe not one of those teams, someone with a point guard, to get that point guard if if they want, give OKC what they want and then... Chris Paul to that third team. You know what I'm saying? This is, as you said, it's just a very strange deal and it's going to be good for a couple of years of development. But then what after that? Just, as I said, they're not winning the championship. So some of these- Who knows what will happen? Yeah. I'm very, you know, it's probably the the process in my veins, but I'm very championship or bust and I don't believe at all in just making the playoffs for the sake of it for two years. So- I love Phoenix and I can't wait to go back, but that was a very weird trade for me. Um, anyway, OKC, count on their money. <laughs> first, <laughs> More draft first, picks for them. Yeah, first round picks just coming out of their ass. All right, so also another weird trade. So many weird trades to start off this uh, opening of the trade window. Um, Danny Green and pick 28 to OKC, another first round pick. For Dennis Schroeder. Makes sense for the Lakers, but here's the conversation in my mind. The Lakers are like, take Danny Green and we'll give you our only pick in this draft. And then OKC's like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna package twenty eight and and twenty five anyway to go get Poku. Yeah. Um But just just a weird one. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Just just a weird trade. I don't expect Danny Green to last at OKC too long. I think they're going to try yeah. and flip him for someone else because they're just looking That's for picks it. at the moment. So I suppose that they valued the 28th pick as something and yep. as well as Danny Green, you might get a late first or maybe a second. So they're just going to use those and cash them in for something bigger. Yeah, that's it. There's, there's not much else to say to it. It works for the Lakers um, though because we spoke about now, yeah. Derek Rose would be perfect. Definitely works for the Lakers. Schroeder's not that dissimilar to Rose in terms of bench scorer, um, can can run the offense 
while LeBron's off the court. So yeah, and just go do a bit of it all. That'll work. Yeah, he's a good player, um, shooter. Um, And there was another trade. uh, Was the Brooklyn one? Um, It was. Moose in the twenty twenty one second round pick for Bruce Say his Brown. first name. Say Moose's first name. Zanin. Ah, Zanin. <laughs> I'm guessing. I've got no idea. It's got a, uh, I reckon a, a silent D or a Zanin. Yeah, yeah. Zanin Musa and twenty twenty one second round pick goes to the Pistons for Bruce Brown, who is a nice defensive off the bench guard for the Nets because Kyrie doesn't defend. <laughs> um, <laughs> Now, that pretty much wraps up all our news except for a very sad piece of news and I don't want to, you know, get you crying here, JL. But I might. The, uh, the greatest Celtic of all time, you, you called him. Uh, Tommy Heinsohn passed away last week. Um, he was, oh, God, how old was he? 86, I, think, I believe. Yeah, I think yeah, 86. 86 was the number that's in my mind. Um. Give us a good rundown on Tommy Heinsohn. Um, so Tommy Heinsohn, for those who don't know, was a Celtics commentator um, for... Gee, 40 years or something. Yeah, it was, it was a while. Um, but before that was the coach of the Celtics for nine years where he won two championships. Um, and before that, he was a coach, he was a player for nine years where he won eight championships. So... As a member of the Celtics organization, he's been there for all 17 championships. Um, very, very influential in the in the franchise. Has been to or comment, or he's played, coached, or commentated almost every single game in franchise history. So, um, very sad passing. Um, he bled green. Absolutely loved the Celtics. There was a good comment from um, Mike Gorman a few weeks ago where he, uh, Mike Gorman's the other Celtics commentator who's been working with Heinsohn for you know, as long as they possibly could. Um, and, you know, there was the rumours that Tommy Heinsohn wasn't doing too well and was a bit, get, you know, his conditions was getting worse and Gorman went and visited him and he was expecting, you know, a sad conversation and, you know, didn't really know what to expect. And this is after the first or second game in the bubble. And he walked in and Heinsohn goes, those refs were fucking shit last night. <laughs> so that's all he cared about. It was just basketball was his life. So very sad passing there. I'm not going to say too many bad words, but he was – it's always – in these times, it's always good to reflect that as much as I hated him as a biased Celtic commentator, <laughs> it's good to have people who love the game so as much as Tommy Heinsohn did. Um, as he said, he done so much and he won those eight championships as a player, two as a coach. Hall of Famer is, is the only, the fourth person ever to be a Hall of Famer as a coach and a player. And will and, be will be the only one to be coach, player and broadcaster. Yeah. So I love people who love the sport and the game. So much respect and veil Tommy Heinsohn. So that does bring a, a sour note to this sour episode. Just a... A recap, if you've skipped ahead, um, we lost the files of our friends, the Draft Dummies podcast, who came on and broke down the draft for us. And now we've re-recorded for another 40 minutes. So hope you've enjoyed this uh, iteration of just talking about what's been happening in the NBA. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bronx Sheer Basketball Show. We're so sorry that 
we couldn't live up to. And I, and I bloody advertised it as well. Like I posted that we're going to be with the draft dummies. Um, so sorry that couldn't happen. We hope you enjoy the draft. That's on Thursday, Australian time, Wednesday night, American time. And we'll be dropping any emergency podcasts that need to happen if there's some better trades than the ones that have happened. God, these are terrible trades. It's going to be a busy period. Free agency is happening, draft, as I said, in the trade period. And the NBA officially will start in just over a month. So, got our work cut out for us, JL. It's all happening. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, don't forget to leave a review or five-star rating. Also, hit subscribe or follow on whatever podcast app you're listening on. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook or Instagram. We'll talk to you next time.